Welcome to the Story King podcast, the show all about fiction, film, and form. I'm your host, John Carlo, and today you'll be hearing a discussion I had with Associate Professor of Graphic Design, Justin Renier. As I said, Justin Renier is the Associate Professor of Graphic Design as well as the Graphic Design BFA Program Coordinator. He teaches many facets of graphic design but specializes in developing as well as teaching the motion design curriculum for over 13 years at Oklahoma State University. Graduates of this program are working at some of the best studios in the country. Their works have earned numerous regional, national, and international awards, including an Adobe Top Talent Award, multiple best, and shows at the National Student Show and Conference put on annually by the Dallas Society of Visual Communications, where Justin Renier himself was a two-time recipient of the prestigious Golden Apple Award for Best Educator. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Justin Renier. Hey, Justin, welcome to the Story King podcast. It's great to be here, and thank you for the invite. All the topics that you've covered so far have been really interesting, even as I think of it in sort of my area of study. So let's get right into that. So, you know, a lot of people I don't even know if are familiar with the term. So why don't you kind of run down and explain like what motion design even refers to and some of its applications today? Yeah, it's it's definitely one of those things that the name of it isn't something that's necessarily in the common parlance and everything, but it's stuff that we would all recognize if I pointed out examples of it. So opening title sequences for shows or movies, and some of those are becoming indistinguishable if you think about streaming services and other things like that. So these creative ways of showing titles. So in one way, I mean, some people define it as like graphic design in motion, but there's a lot of different ways of looking at it because there's times that we definitely geek out on stuff like Spider-Verse. That's motion design with animation. And there's just more and more of a somewhat seamless aspect of that almost like sound design or something like that where it's like it's present in a lot of stuff and even just the basic going back to broadcast graphics you know the low what we call lower thirds basically underneath your name it would come out in some kind of stylized way saying Giancarlo and what you do and that kind of thing so it's everything from that to animated explainer things about maybe a new app or a commercial in some way that a lot of times you might encounter on YouTube now as things are, to the Roku screensaver where it just sort of parallax movement of these landmarks. So it's graphics and illustration and sound put into into movement, into motion. So it's basically a broad umbrella term for all of that. Yeah, and there's 
I mean, just the way that if you watch, let's say, an animated movie or something, even even more so, like the credit list is just incredible. And some of that is just because of the length of those kind of pieces and other things. But there are studios where it might be like, you know, pretty granular, like they're doing like title sequences steadily and other kinds of commercials steadily. So they have a video person and they have an animation person, somebody that's really great at 3D. And a lot of it's done freelance as well with a pretty good salary that people have for these skills. But anyway, yeah, it is broad. So if somebody does like title sequences, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be talented in you know, some other area of motion design? I mean, sometimes it works out into being those kind of buckets as far as the kinds of work, you know, like music videos or, as you mentioned, like opening title sequences or something. But a lot of times, even at a place that where their, you know, sort of trophy projects are title sequences, they'll be doing things that are commercials and other things and things that don't look like that. So that's one of the things with, with design in general that's kind of interesting is while there are people, especially illustrators, that, you know, you would go to, it's like a children's book illustrator. You know, you expect a certain thing from like Mo Willems. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the pigeon drives a bus, it's illustrated in that way, there's different characters, but a lot more, it's a lot more prevalent for designers to be chameleons, you know what I mean? It's like, what suits this concept? This concept should be grungy and kind of look like, you know, 50s CIA or whatever, like that kind of thing. So they got to wear different hats. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like if you were to make it, you know, a little bit more exponential, but like a book cover, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's to get that mnemonic vibe across, like it's a, a ripped sheet of loose leaf paper that, you know, makes us think of junior high or high school. And it says that, you know what I mean? Like that kind of thing, but you're telling a little bit more of a story with it, especially in the case of title sequences. But, but yeah, there's much shorter things. There's simplified sort of explainer videos, like things that might come up in your YouTube feed, like as a, Hey, did you know that so-and-so, you know what I mean? Something about climate change or whatever, a way to use graphics and charts and animate them. So it's something you can watch. Vox does some interesting stuff like that, where it's, not all motion design, not that it stops being motion design, but there's times that it's like, you know, just longer footage or something. But the graphics, you know, sort of help texturally and, and just as actual content, you know, drive home some certain points. So if somebody hires you, for example, to do some motion design work, let's say like for a music video, uh, what's your basic approach? Like, what would that conversation look like between the musician and the motion designer? That's really interesting. And I haven't done enough in in terms of quantity. Like, the first one was for a local band that was um, called Other Lives. 
And I mean, it was just like a beautiful song. Later, they went on to like open up for Radiohead for their entire, like, I think North American tour or something, even wow. though they're not a household name at all. But they were, they were just good. There was some time there. Like, I actually spent nine months on it and made this basically like a moving collage of things that I actually either shot, you know, as far as footage of them mixed with public domain footage from like educational films, other kinds of things. So there, there had been something that I'd seen that was just like a CD packaging for actually a, a, a primal scream album. I mean, not that I'm like a super fan of them, but they came out with this album exterminator and it was basically like things were cut out in straight lines in Photoshop or Illustrator, you would think of like the polygonal lasso tool. It basically like if you're just to connect the dots without rounding off things and it just like looked cool. And in that case, it had like silver printing and all these other things that made it cool. But that kind of stuck in my mind as like kind of lean into it being obvious that it's been cut and collaged, but I had to like move things every frame. And then, and then part of the thing was like matching in a poetic way with the lyrics, you know, my interpretation of them. And then overall sort of in color and, and choices, it became much more like hippie than the thing that was, you know, a little back of my mind kind of inspiration. Most people wouldn't even recognize that though that there was just like a connection there. But I think it's always interesting to like keep delving into things that can become part of your vocabulary. You know, it's like visual mm -hmm. vocabulary, not just literal word vocabulary, but sort of story building vocabulary, like not a trope, but something that actually just adds on. So talk about that. Like, how is narrative structure typically applied in this medium? It's, you know, is it more about mood and theme then than a traditional sense of like a beginning, middle and end? Or does it just depend on the project? Short answer, it, it depends on the project. There are things that, you know, let's say you were doing something that was like, you know, a clean kind of uh, motion graphic that has illustrated elements, but they're stylized and showing an app that can deliver different food recipes to your house and this and that. And you see it in an animated way, almost like an app and stuff like that. That would be very like voiceover driven. They've come up with exactly what they want to say from jump to the end. And then there's things where some other things actually that are smaller pieces but that can have a long life i had done the the animated logo for converse cons like their skateboard division and basically it's just this little thing and it just kind of like opens and closes the the videos so there's skate videos that are just done in all kinds of different ways but usually they'll close it out with this little animated overlay kind of like when you see stuff in films like all of these production companies like a little animated logo that kind of thing so there's that kind of stuff there's 
title sequences where you really are given a little bit more time, not necessarily latitude because, you know, they are directors, they have a vision. That's one thing with like music videos or something that I love is like, I love somebody else that's creative and really put all of their thoughts and all their little notes and their best stuff into this thing. And it's sort of using a different sense. And like, I, if I can like bring my thing to that, like a visual to that, and we're having a conversation, I mean, it's going all the way back. I mean, we all can relate to like, you know, a song that we really like, but the music video, like meh, you know, or like something that we really associate with the music video, you know, and like think of that almost first. There's something that's interesting about sound and video together and it becoming more than the sum of its parts to use the cliche. Yeah, I mean, I, I recently had an interview with Glenn McBride Jr. He's a young independent filmmaker and the whole process of filmmaking sounds very much like what you're talking about. Like everybody brings their A game to this project and puts their own stamp on it, but it's like multiple artists coming together to collaborate to produce one work of art in the end. Yeah, and it's, and it's completely scalable from something that would be like a really big project. I mean, just even in terms of budget, you know what I mean? Or, or the kind of studio or agency that you're working at where there can be a lot of collaboration and then there can be things where you're like something that I've done like for JB, which a few other video people or motion people or whatever have done music videos for them because it's the summer and you know a lot of stuff got shut down he has a really positive message he represents oklahoma city he knows all about the civil rights like history like the real deal of of stuff he gets out there in the community he's had hardships and is trying to build black businesses and that kind of thing and it was like I just want to do a pro bono project for you. And it's basically like I had an assistant that was uh, a former student. That's a great photographer that, you know, shot video alongside me just so I'd have two cameras. And that was the craziest thing because the other one that I described, I worked on it for nine months. This other one was like a six day turnaround along with like an installation kind of projection thing that he had because of COVID not being able to have like a release party. He basically had this like storefront that he had set up next to a business that he's trying to, or that he is starting. And yeah, like press and some other people like stopped by and it was kind of everybody in masks, but looking into this store that had been set up that had some other stuff on little TV screens, people had done little print, different print projects, and then I had a, a, a big projection in the, in the background. And yeah, there's just like a lot of lanes. Like I have graduated students that were definitely good in my motion design classes. I'm really close with my students, I keep up with them. I mean, even before, but it's been a while now, but since being a dad, it's, it's very like, I want to make sure that they're all right, that they're 
you know what I mean? Like if they could use some help or whatever, I, I'm delighted when they get a job. And then in the business side, there are projects that you get to do that align with what you believe in. And there's times that you're doing your work, like it's somebody making something for the news or any of the tech startup Silicon Valley kind of businesses and some of that. So we have people working everywhere. It scales to all kinds of different ways. And there's people that are doing, putting a lot of those skills together that are in smaller markets and people that are in larger markets that are part, part of much bigger teams and are in their lane, you know? Right. And how did you get into motion design? So, I mean, this is like a little part of it, but I remember at some point like hooking up two VCRs and doing an edit of part of Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. Mm. And, and I basically did it to, you could do an audio overdub and, you know, I would just geek out on this. So I, I did it to that, um, I think it's called like Red and Blue or whatever, but it's that remix of Yes's Owner of a Lonely Heart that's like <laughs> done partially by Art of Noise, like, you know, Trevor Horn right. and all that stuff. You know, not knowing that other people are doing this and trying it out. But really the thing was, is like, I went through really growing up around art and opera and basically kind of an Italian bohemian kind of thing you know what i mean and watching like classic tv that kind of thing and then being into both like things that you would see on tv that are ephemeral like schoolhouse rock or or you know electric company or something like that you know what i mean or just seeing animation seeing different things seeing movies coming out like all of that like just like all of us like you know just kind of digging it and at the same time then going to high school of art and design being around a lot of creative dudes like and and ladies it was such a great time i look at pictures and we're we look like kids like we were you know 16 whatever and one is a children's book illustrator in new york and one is a director of marketing for nike and somebody else is still doing sort of graffiti kind of exhibition stuff in New York and illustration and someone on some music and all of that. So it was just like a really creative time. And we were kind of, if not inventing, like building on like some things that are sort of American staples now, like jazz was at some point. So like, like hip hop and, you know, certain kinds of, punk sort of stuff and zine kind of things and graffiti and you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. kind of putting that all together along with like streetwear off topic a little bit, but you know, just that full culture that was very visual. And so I did that and then ended up mainly for family sort of reasons coming and spending time with my, my dad and my mom, my, my, my stepmom. Um, and my brother down here in Oklahoma, which was like a polar opposite sort of thing, but studying painting. And I was a very, very serious about it. I kind of talk to my students sometimes about this, like 
like it's not high school like stippling you know bob marley you know what i mean for your room or something like that it's not about shading muscles because you like drawing you know superheroes and things like you have to like retrain your hand not necessarily for exactly what i'm doing now but at that time like i took it very seriously as far as being able to be very realistic and then work my way towards something that might appear more crude but all completely thought out and and then there was the whole just hip-hop beats and music production and stuff that i really pursued kind of in my 20s and then when it came time it setting aside the oddity of like planning on going to law school which was like really i was very close to doing um i worked with my dad and stuff and it was really about you know sort of southern poverty law center aclu kind of stuff like you know just basically like rights basically defense of people getting railroads it's taxing you know there was no denying that i had this this love of visual stuff and and music stuff and sound and all that so i ended up going to grad school really like learning my chops in all of the graphic design stuff that is like very from the very like sort of stern kind of like how you how you work with typography like on a very surgical sort of level to like really challenging yourself to come up with concepts i mean this is like masters degree level stuff and in our field it's a terminal degree so there's no phd for this so you get an mfa and you've done your mfa thesis and all that and and then just started teaching it but it was just a little serendipitous that or maybe more than a little where i liked animation i liked type i liked lettering i liked you know music and sound design uh animation graphics like it it just sort of like they all come together and i get to kind of do them all and then teaching is completely a whole another step of that where it's not like you're doing it for yourself you're thinking about you, you know 17 different people or right. you know their ideas and trying to suss out like like what are you really trying to do with this because like we can get there you know what i mean like let's lean into it and let's figure out some stuff and and i want to be an open book to you and connect the dots on something or show you some random old album cover or you know Czechoslovakian matchbook that has like this kind of color on it or you know what i mean the artist is a very individualistic thing everybody comes with their own vision so so how do you uh approach instruction your teaching philosophy as it's put in academia is something that's you know kind of talked about a lot and really it's it's about i do want to build up their fundamentals and understand certain things like i mean even if we just took a circle and a rectangle and just place that circle if we place it in the center that communicates a different thing than seeing that circle in the lower corner or something like which if we were to say which one is sort of isolated or more depressed even you know what i mean we can project on to things that are pretty basic and a lot of it is based on 
us being human. So landscape stuff, it's horizontal. It's like us at rest. Dynamic stuff tends to be more vertical, like us upright. It's like I really want to see what gets them excited, makes them want to work hard on something and do their best stuff, and then there'll be a spot for them. You know what I mean? And just luckily, I've paid enough attention or history repeats itself or whatever that it's like, you should look at this like Dada thing or you should look at this weird EC comics, like just all kinds of stuff. Is that what you meant by earlier when you said uh, building your vocabulary, sort of like filing all those things that go good together? And this way, when somebody comes up with, I'm trying to do this, right away, you kind of have a reference to, to share with that exactly, student. Exactly, exactly. And right. so even though I also like to see stuff that, I mean, it's it, like the best is seeing stuff that surprises you or that teaches you something new or shows you some new thing that, you know, people are experimenting with, like aesthetically or whatever. That's, that's great. But just like everything that I liked, somebody could have come along and pointed out how this is like Rauschenberg or this is like Rotary Connection or whatever else, you know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. I think it's just kind of cool to like be that person that wants to see them develop. I had a girl that was a very clever kind of sweatshirt or whatever, but it, it said gender and then, you know, like the end like END part of gender was like highlighted and stuff. And she'd come to my office to talk about something. And I was just like, it's these things that I, I, I just kind of want them to know without making a big deal about it, where it's like, like, I like that. Like, I'm, yeah, like, I'm totally down with like what that's saying. Without saying coming from your point of view or whatever, like just letting them know it's like, it's, it's cool. And that was a nice thing about, coming up the way that we did where it was like yeah there's like this in kid and this dominican kid and all this and like we're never thinking you know like even on the like i see you or something kind of <laughs> vibe it's just like those are my friends we're all i, I mean i'm funky for my weird little ways you know that, that's that's new york right that's uh it, that's exactly <laughs> it's like it's not a thing it's more just like was he wearing like a like a Rangers sweatshirt or something? <laughs> I'll, I'll get more from that than you describing his ethnicity. Like you know, right, what I mean? right. Oh, you're one of those with the exactly. Rangers. Right? <laughs> yeah. And and we're one of whatever we are. You know right. What I mean? Annoying other people. Right. So, what would you tell then a prospective student who wants to enroll in your program? Like, what should they expect in terms of both outcome and work involved? And like, what would you say to them? Yeah, I mean, I think there are definitely some formal things um, just to kind of cover this as far as uh, typography. Like, you know, it, uh, typography is something like just uh, to use like a more familiar kind of thing, like font choice or whatever. Fonts are like files, but anyway, it, we call about it, we call them typefaces. But anyway, it's almost like I, I described that as like, you know, hearing like Richard Dreyfus like like do the voiceover for Honda or something, or Jeff Bridges doing this, like you're yet kind of put into that 
like you're reading it in a voice, you know what I mean? So understanding that, understanding also structurally, like how it feels, how it reads, not defaulting in any way, like being considered. And so like there's formal things and then just come ready to deconstruct, analyze, and have a chance to flex some of your own ideas and, 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 and style like you would in, I mean, there's analogs in other kinds of disciplines, but you'll be doing it in this. And I do find that, I mean, for one thing, just going back to being a dad, and I'm sure you could relate to this, it's like, I love getting the LinkedIn notifications, like, oh, I just got this new job at this, and like, that's great. You know what I mean? Or hearing some like really overly nice text or something saying, you know, couldn't have done it without you or something like that. Like that completely buoys you and keeps you going. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. If people did want to follow you like on social media. Basically, Justin, J-U-S-T-E-N. So that's the thing, just 10. And then it's Ren. Your R E N Y E R. And on pretty much all the platforms, it's, it's just my name, no punctuation. Definitely check out the Instagram, Instagram.com slash J U S T E N R E N Y E R. I put up my explorations. I'm doing a lot of recruitment work for OSU right now because we're in the middle of Oklahoma, but we have somebody that has deeply studied graphic novels and comic books and does zine work and interaction design. And, and they're a Korean American from the Midwest. We have a, a Mexican American that's played in punk bands in, in California. That's, that's a straight edge Mormon now teaching graphic design An Iranian dude that studied in California and, came over right around the revolution and is, you know what I mean? So it right. just, it, it, it's, it's Oklahoma, but we really care a lot about the students, a lot about the quality of work and a lot about culture, I guess. That's awesome. Yeah. It sounds like you have a diverse community there. Yeah. Yeah. And not to forget Ting, um, who's also from the Midwest, Chinese, super into branding knows how to do processing where it's like generative stuff based on code. I mean, they're all just amazing. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, th this conversation has been both fascinating for me and educational because I, I didn't know a lot about that stuff. So thank you so much for coming on the show, Justin. Thanks a lot. It's been a pleasure. And I, I look forward to picking your brain more on and, and listening about sort of the Aristotelian basics and beyond as far as ways to set up and then we encounter something and this is how we resolve it. Like that's, you know, that's such a human thing and stories are something that are, are amazing. Story is very important and you're doing, you're doing great work in exposing people to, to this. Yeah, thank, thank you so much. I mean, we're still using the same tools that Aristotle taught thousands of years ago so and it works so that was my conversation with justin renier 
and his Instagram link will be in the show notes. Now, if any of you listeners out there write a story and would like the chance for it to be read on the show, or if you're a writer that wants to be interviewed for the show, you can email me at storykingpodcast at gmail.com. Just include your name, where you're from, and what kind of writing you do. Again, that's storykingpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on YouTube and Twitter. Those links will be in the show notes. And please click like on our Facebook page. We're at facebook.com forward slash storykingpodcast. Or you can follow us on Instagram. Our username on there is storyking.podcast. And if you'd like to be a part of what we're doing with this show, please consider becoming a patron. You can choose a monthly membership tier at www.patreon.com forward slash thestoryking. The link will be in the show notes as well. One more thing, if you're enjoying this podcast, please do me the favor of subscribing and leaving a positive review on iTunes or the medium of your choice. I'd greatly appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Story King Podcast, the show all about fiction, film, and form. Please join us next time. Until then. 